Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Derry Davis here at Higher Heights Ministry Center, right here in the city of Danville, Virginia. You are about to hear a phenomenal message. I want you to subscribe and I want you to share it and be blessed. God bless you. God bless you. Keep those hands clapping for the Lord. I want us to take 30 seconds. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, and I want you to put whatever it is that you have a petition before the Lord, and I want you to put that on the top of your mind, and I want you to take 30 seconds, and I want you to cry out to the Lord. Father, work it out, Father. You do it, Lord Jesus. You fix it, Father. This problem, this supplication, this obstacle, God, this, this path, Father, you work it out, Lord. I'm crying out to you, Father. I'm crying out to your name, God. Because I've seen what you have done, Father. And I know what you're capable of. For you are the God of Israel. The God who never sleeps nor slumbers. The same today, tomorrow, and forevermore. And we are crying out to you, Lord, even now. Even now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Spirit of the Lord is so, so strong in this house today. It is so, so strong. I tell you, we, yesterday, my wife had an event to do yesterday, and it was so sunny and such a beautiful day. And we came home, and we had us some fried chicken yesterday, and I had some collard greens. I hadn't had them in a long time. And then after them collard greens, I had some macaroni and cheese on it. And don't you know, I sat down with my family, and I was happy. You say, the, we was reading Proverbs this morning, and Proverbs said, There's nothing greater than a man should eat and drink and be merry and enjoy the spool of all of his labor. See, the world tells you that you should have X, Y, this car, that car. But the word of the Lord says there is nothing greater than a man should do that he should eat, drink, and be merry. For this is a gift of God. It's a gift. We've been learning about perspective and we've been learning about so much. But I cry out and I say, thank you, Lord. Today, I have a great word of God that God has given me. And I'm going to deliver that. And I'm going to take the time that the God gives me to deliver the message. It may be 10 minutes. It may be five. It may be 30 I'm going to tell what he has me to say. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, dependent. I want you to look at him again and say, I am a dependent. Now look at another neighbor and say, I am a dependent. Now look up to God and say, we are dependent. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord. And we're going to be talking about a level of dependency, a level of dependency. We're going to be coming from 1 Samuel chapter 4, and I'm going to be reading 1 through 10. I'm going to have to unpack this one today, but I feel like it's raining outside. Y'all ain't got nothing to do. Ain't no sports games on. The basketball and football games is all over, and I think this word right here is going to be something that's going to feed us into the next season that we're going into. I am a dependent. 
Now, 1 Samuel 4 says, Now the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites camped at Ebuchadnezzar and the Philistines at Apak. The Philistines destroyed their forces to meet Israel. Deployed, excuse me, deployed their forces to meet Israel. And as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel asked, Why did the Lord bring defeat on us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the Lord's covenant from Shelah so that he may go with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. Amen. Amen. Now let's keep reading because we got to read a little bit more. The Bible says, so the people sent men to Shiloh and they brought back the ark of the covenant of the Lord Almighty, who was enthroned between the cherubim and Eli's two sons, Hopani and Phoenicius, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. When the ark of the Lord's covenant came unto the camp, all Israel raised a such a great shout that the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, what's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come unto this camp, they said. Oh, no. Nothing like this has happened before. We're doomed. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. Be strong, Philistines. Be men. Or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought and the Israelites were defeated and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The ark of God was captured and Eli's two sons, Haphoni, Hapavani, and Phoenicius, died. Wow. Don't y'all know we serve who? The God of Israel. The God who parted the Red Sea. The God who did all these miracle works in front of Pharaoh. The God who had sent the Israelites and told them he was going to give them the promised land. Had raised up Moses and raised up Aaron. And don't you know the Israelites at this point in time had fought numerous of battles and won with the Ark of the Covenant. But this one in particular, they lost. And the Ark of the Covenant was taken. Let's do a little backstory. The Ark of the Covenant back in those days was a symbol of God's presence. It was a place to where only the priests could go into the holies of holies one time a year. It was so holy that they could only go in once a year. 
and that it was a symbol that all of Israel would bring sacrifices and such that God could have his presence amongst his people. That was how important the Ark of the Covenant was to the God we worship. Because we're Gentiles worshiping the Ark of the Covenant, which is our Lord. Now that Jesus came, the Holy Ghost lives in us and we carry that presence with us. But back in the day as Israel, that was like the eight ball. Say you playing cards and you throwing all your cards on the deck. That was the eight ball. And that God had never lost the battle. We need to find out why the Israelites lost this battle. Let's do a little backstory, okay? Who just filed your taxes? Everybody filed their taxes? Everybody filed taxes? Everybody get a good little refund check? Everybody saying no, yes. It's real sweet when you got what you call dependence on your taxes, if you know what I'm saying. It can get real sweet if you got one or two, three or four. I'm working on three and four, but my wife, she's stuck on two. But you know what I'm saying? We, it can get real, real sweet when you got you some dependence, okay? So we need to talk about how Israel got off of, if we want to put it in earthly tongues, God's taxes. When, when he filed his taxes at the end of the year, he didn't file them as dependents. We need to find out what happened, what happened in this. We need to do a little study. At this time, the prophet at the time was a prophet by the name of Eli. Eli was the son of Aaron, who was the brother of Moses, who had went and did all of these miracles in front of Pharaoh. Eli had two sons. The Bible says that their names was Hophni and Phinehas. Eli also was tasked with raising a younger prophet by the name of Samuel. Samuel was a child born of a woman who didn't know she would be able to ever give birth. Her name was Hannah. She, was, she gave birth to Samuel, and as a sacrifice to God giving her birth, she donated the child to the temple of the Lord that he may be raised up in the statues of the Lord. Eli's responsibility was to Nurture this child and raise him up in the ways of the Lord. Okay? So, here we go. A little backstory, all right? So, Eli's two sons. Now, the Bible says that these two men were Eli's sons and acted as priests, but they knew not the Lord. If you really know the story, the Bible says that these two priests knew not the Lord, and did things inside of the temple that displeased God. Let's give you an example. It was a custom for the Israelites to come and to bring a sacrifice to the Lord. And only parts of the sacrifice could be eaten by the men. The two sons would sit there and take the good of the meat for themselves. As people would come in and bring the sacrifices, they would take the fat of the meat, the best parts, and eat it prior to sacrificing it to the Lord. Then the Bible also says that these two men were getting down with the females that were outside of the temple. Back in the day, it was women at the gates of the temple. And some believe that they were musicians playing harps and stuff, setting the mood as people would come inside of the temple. But these two sons were sleeping around with the women of the temple. 
And so the word of the Lord came to Eli that he was not pleased with how his sons were treating the tabernacle and the temple of the Lord. And Eli, in turn, turned and called his sons inside. And he said that you despise me and the Lord. But he did not correct them. They continued to operate inside of the temple. And the Bible says that Eli had began to get old and his eyes began to get dim. And he had began to gain a lot of weight. And they were all overweight because they were eating some good fat. That was some good steak that was coming in. They weren't supposed to be eating that. You see what I'm saying? And so the word of the Lord came to Samuel. Remember we talked about the little prophet that he was raising? And the Bible says that said the word God said, Samuel, Samuel called to him. And Samuel got up. He's in the temple with Eli. And he goes over to Eli. He's like, you called me, master. Eli's like, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Word of the Lord comes again, says the same thing numerous more times. And on the last time, Eli said, it's, it's God speaking to you. Say, Lord, here is your servant. What will you have me to say? God sent the prophecy through Eli, through Samuel, that Eli's bloodline, his two sons would die on the same day, and that also that his generation would not see old age. Okay? That's the word of the Lord. So when Eli asked Samuel what that God had told him, he revealed to him the prophecy. We got to get this, though. Years went on. The Bible says that years went on, and... They became and got into a battle with the Philistines. Why is this important? It is important that we understand that what happened in the midst of the battle and them bringing the Ark of the Covenant out that would cause them to lose when God is a God that fights for Israel. We have to do a little backstory. Eli, at the time that Aaron was coming up, Eli seen God part the Red Sea. Eli was a child when he seen God send manna from heaven, quarrels as meat. And he also knew that there was a pillar by day, a cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night. As a child, he seen what God did. So his two sons had heard at what God could do. Eli had seen it and then walked the statues. Eli was there when Aaron died and when Joshua took over. And Joshua told the people, go across first, all the armed men, and then the Ark of the Covenant second. And you circle around Jericho until I tell you, until you blow the horns and the walls will fall and the city's going to be yours. But they forgot one big piece of the puzzle forgot one big piece of the puzzle and we're going to study that today I'm going to turn and you don't have to get this but I do want you to go back and study it for yourselves if we look at Exodus and we are going someone say this is good this is good say I am a dependent I am a dependent. Exodus 13, 17 through 22. When Pharaoh let the people go, 
God did not lead them through the Philistine country. Though, that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. That's one. The quickest way when they originally got released was through the Philistine country that had just defeated them. God knew that they weren't strong enough to go through that. So he led them through the wilderness, which was a longer way. First thing, they didn't know about that. They heard about that. It's two priests, okay? I'm going to go down to 18. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you may carry my bones with you from this place. After leaving Ekoth, they camped at Edom on the edge of the desert. By the day, God went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night, a pillar of fire. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left them in front of the people. The key that Joshua, that Moses, that Aaron did, that they failed to do, was consult God first. The biggest thing was Moses said, should we go? Aaron said, will you deliver this? No, Joshua said, will you deliver this city unto us? Before they stepped, they had instructions. They had prearranged instructions. Now, if we look at this story, and we've all been there, we've all got our own self in a lot of mess that we did ourselves. And then we try to bring God into it as a lucky charm. Israel was using the Ark of the Covenant as a lucky charm. My God. They were. They were like, oh, shoot. Man, we just lost. They're like, why are we losing? Oh, man, we ain't got the Ark here. Go get the Ark. Come on. Bring the Ark back. But you got to see the level of dependency is not so much of where and whatever you go and do, but is more so focused on how you start. Our pastor Derry preached last week on a strong foundation, being rooted and grounded in the faith of Christ. Amen. It says like a man who built his house on a strong foundation, that when the winds came and the waves came, that the man stood. Before we move, we need a level of dependency. Just because mama did it, and it looked good for mama. Just because grandmama did it, and God made a way. You heard what God did. But you got to get down yourself, and you got to ask, Lord, what should I do? What should I go? Should I step? Will you give this to me? Should we do this for yourself? If not, the lucky charm does not work. I'm here to tell you, you can do and make a mess. If you make a mess of it, you still have to deal with the consequences. We still have to. If we find ourselves at a level where we're uncertain, where we don't know what's going on, 
We don't know where to turn. We don't know what to look for next. We don't have any signs that we're going to get to victory. I am here to tell you that that is an amazing place to be at. I am here to tell you if you have no earthly idea on what to do, if you have no reference point on where to go, that is a phenomenal place to be at. It is a level of dependency. The greatest place in faith is the level of dependency. That's the greatest faith, the greatest point. That will cause you to start building a house on a strong foundation. Mama said it. Daddy said it. I've seen it. But God, before I step, (laughs) will you go before me? Will you go behind me? Will you go all around me? Just like you did with Joshua. Just like you did with Moses, Father. For I know that you are good. And I'm okay with a level of dependency. I'm okay with a level of dependency. Before we started this sermon today, I asked you to cry out to the Lord with supplications on your heart. The Bible says before God even rose up Moses to go and take the Israelites, the Bible says that the Lord has heard the cry of the people. And because of their cry, I'm going to send you to get my people out. Before we go, he has to hear our cry. A level of dependency. Gosh. Before we start, he has to hear our cry. Strength is overrated. Power is overrated. Dominance is overrated. Dependency is humility. It is the strong foundation that whatever falls, whatever comes, I know that my God will make a way. For he sent a cloud by day and a pillar by night. For he has parted the Red Sea. For he has always been there. He has never left me nor forsaken me. For he's the same today, tomorrow, and forevermore. And I am proud to have a level of dependency. Let's stand as we pray. We thank y'all for listening in and tuning in. I pray that a level of dependency, if you find yourself wherever you are, whatever situation that you may be in, I tell you that if it seems as if you have no reference, if you have no way out, you don't know what to do, how to move, and it's a great place to be in. It's a dependent state. It's a dependent state. I pray that we cry out to the Lord before we step, before we move. If you're watching this today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I pray that wherever you stand, you say, Father, I am dependent and I need you. Before I move, before I step, I am dependent on you. Go before me, stay behind me. And go all around me. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. 
and how good you've been throughout our entire life. Lord, we love you. We give your name praise and honor for what you have done and for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to our podcast. Remember to like and share. And if you would like to stay connected, please subscribe to our podcast. Also, please follow us on social media through Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Or visit us in person. We are located at 236 Parker Road in the great city of Danville, Virginia. If you would like to get to our ministry, please click on the link below. Thank you again and enjoy your day.